Glory to God. I'm going to spend a few minutes tonight talking to your wife, speaking tongues. I don't know how long ago it was, but I ripped these out of a Bible during a Sunday morning message. How many of you remember that? I said, you guys don't believe this part, so I just ripped it out, threw it on the floor. It wasn't a cheap Bible either, by the way. But that's the way a lot of people do about certain subjects in the Bible. I don't know why they left these pages behind the thing for me to look at all the time. I, you know, whatever. Maybe someone, someone wanted me to do it again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but one of the things that a lot of Christians ignore in the Bible, or they've been taught wrongly, is speaking in tongues. It is vitally important, the days that we live in. Now, I know, the reason why I said this, I was talking to somebody recently, and, and they, they were sharing how God moves on them and different things, but they haven't spoken tongues, and uh, they don't know if they need to or whatever. And to be honest with you, there have been a lot of good evangelists, a lot of good pastors that have been powerful preachers and because of whatever denomination they brought up in they did not recognize the importance of speaking in tongues or they, it, tongues had been passed away they don't do that anymore that was just for the apostles and, or they used some other you know reasoning because they don't understand it with their mind the importance of speaking in tongues. But it's right there in the Bible. Hallelujah. I know that <clears throat> I remember hearing about Billy Graham, <clears throat> and he was of the Baptist persuasion. And nobody knows for sure that he didn't speak in tongues or whatever. But I remember Oral Roberts sharing a testimony that him and Billy was close. Now, you have a, a, a Pentecostal charismatic preacher and a, a Baptist evangelist. But they loved each other. How many of you know we can get along? Amen? We can get along with other people of other denominations. But <clears throat> there were times, every time that Oral Roberts was with Billy Graham, Billy Graham would ask Oral Roberts to pray for him. So he'd start praying for him, and Billy would say, no, in tongues. He'd pray. I, I know it's powerful. You know how to do that. Hallelujah. So we need to respect and understand that, that uh, maybe your persuasion growing up taught you against it or you don't understand it with your mind. It's something that you can't capture with your head. <clears throat> it's a heart thing. So I want to share some scriptures with you and give you kind of an illustration of what it's kind of like. So if you can bear with me just a few moments. Amen. We might be here till midnight. Hallelujah. Who was that? You want me to come back to the sound booth? You got to watch these people in a sound booth because they're drunk half the time. <coughs> With that new wine. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I'm just going to take you some scripture, so that's really what counts. It's not my opinion. 
It says, I indeed baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist. Jesus was coming, or he was announcing Jesus. He was a forerunner of Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus. So John the Baptist said, I baptize you unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Glory to God. He will baptize. A lot of churches nowadays, you wouldn't even know it. Hallelujah. Jesus, John said, Jesus has something different in store. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. The Message Bible says, with a raging fire. With a raging fire. You know, just in your bone, you get burned. You can't contain. How many of you, how many of you experienced that? The overflow where you can't contain it. Amen. Not many of you raising your hands tonight. You're going to get it. <laughs> Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. The Passion Translation says, But I promise you that Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's about ready to ascend into heaven. And he's leave, leaving, leaving his disciples to do, carry on the work of the ministry. But before he goes away, he says, I promise you the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and the distant provinces, even to the remotest places of the earth. Hallelujah. See, when Jesus... And you understand, reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus did nothing except by the Holy Ghost that was in him. But see, he had to go away so the Father could send the Holy Spirit back on the 120, and then the followers in the book of Acts, and on and on and on. And we're part of that. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's read Acts chapter 2. In verses 1 through 4, on the day of Pentecost. Now, 120, with Mary, the mother of Jesus, there were women involved, hallelujah. I don't believe in women preachers. How many of you heard Pastor Judy this morning? If you don't like women preachers, you can leave. I'm just taking her cue. No, <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> I like that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God for different giftings, right? We're not all out of a cookie cutter. Praise the Lord. On the day of Pentecost, whew, when it was fulfilled, when time came, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard a sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house. Wouldn't that be wild if all of a sudden we had an indoor hurricane? Messed up some of your hair. Blew your hats off. Whoo, glory to God. Amen? See, the thing is, they, we're kind of used, some of you are kind of used to these kind of services, but the 120 had never been in a place or experienced what they were about to experience. Hallelujah. 
It said the roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Verse three, then all at once a pillar of fire, remember Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire, appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire and engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Hallelujah. And I could go through different experiences where other Christians, they, they were Christians, but they had not yet. In fact, one place the disciples went to and, and, the, and they asked, have you, been re, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, we don't know anything about that. They were followers of Christ, but they, didn't, they hadn't yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they were baptized, they laid hands on them, and they were baptized, and they spoke in tongues. That's how they knew they were baptized, because it happened to them just like they did in the upper room, the book of Acts. Amen? Chapter 2, verse 4. Hallelujah. So every time you see the Holy Spirit being poured out in the book of Acts, there were accompanying tongues that followed. Amen? All right. Why then was tongues given to us? Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8. Now, this is so important because God is wanting to give us a prayer language. And even though many of you will say, Pastor, I speak in tongues, but are you praying in the Spirit enough as you ought to? Come on now. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses or inability to produce results. That's what it means in the Greek. You're not producing results in your prayer life. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered with your articulated speech. In other words, words that you can't, well, I need to pray for Aunt Susie but I don't know how to pray for Aunt Susie. I don't know how to pray for Uncle Fred. I know he needs to be prayed for. I have an urgency on the inside of me to pray for this one or that one or for our government or this, but I don't know. And the Bible says here that the Spirit himself makes intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered and it says in verse 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints, for Uncle Fred, amen, for you, for your children. See, some of you have been praying for your kids and you don't know how to pray. You said, God, help them to behave. Amen. And you look at all the outward stuff that's going on, but you don't know what they're fighting on the inside, but the Holy Ghost does. That's why if you allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you, he searches the heart. He knows 
what's going on. Hallelujah. God is all-knowing. He searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And this verse 28 goes on to say, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, a lot of Christians that don't believe in speaking in tongues will take this scripture. Oh, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God that are called according to his purpose. Amen. But they don't obey the verses before that. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, praying in time. That's what it's talking about. And if you have a prayer life, praying in the Spirit and in tongues, you know that all things work together because the Holy Ghost has just been praying for you, not according to your head, but according to God's perfect will for you. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. See, the Corinthian church got it. <laughs> but Paul had to come in and correct a little bit. So chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians is kind of, of an explanation how to have church. Amen? How many of you know that I, if, if I would just get up here and start speaking in tongues, you guys wouldn't know what in the world I was talking about? See, chapter 14, Paul is dealing with that problem because they were all coming to church and the teachers and everybody was speaking in other tongues. Come on now. During the old service. And, and you know, uh, the Apostle Paul had introduced the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, tongues and interpretation. And there are some things that, that, that we need uh, those gifts for to edify the church or build up the congregation. And there have been times when prophecy or tongues and interpretation has come forth in the service. And that is according to the rules that the Apostle Paul laid down. Amen? Let everything be done decently and in order. But the Apostle Paul did not leave out the importance of praying in tongues. He says, let's get this now in verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to who? To God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit, in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. In other words, you have a hotline to heaven. And the only way that I could compare this to was to the, cold, the code talkers. Could you put that picture up? I don't know if you've seen the movie, Wind Talkers, but it's a good war movie, action movie. And let me just read this. It says, a, cold, a code talker was a person employed by the military during wartime to use little known language as a means of secret communication. The term is most often used for the United States service members during world, the World Wars who use their knowledge of Native American languages as a basis to transmit coded messages. Hallelujah. There were somewhere between four to 500 Native Americans in the United States Marine Corps whose primary job 
was to tra- transmit secret tactical messages. Let me say that again. Their primary job was to transmit secret tactical messages. And I'm telling you right now, when the Bible says we don't speak unto men but unto God, we speak mysteries, we are speaking, whoo, glory to God. Let me say that again. Oh, hallelujah. Secret tactical messages that cannot be interrupted by the enemy or deciphered by the enemy. Hallelujah. We are speaking in God's language. Hallelujah. And I don't care. No demon in hell knows what we're speaking when we're praying in other tongues. Hallelujah. (laughs) It says these men were in front line operations during World War II. And they were credited for a number of decisive victories. And it says their code was never broken. One of the main tribes was the Navajo tribes that were used. Because the, the Nazis could not decipher their language. <laughs> Makes you want to speak in tongues, doesn't it? Glory to God. Devil, come here. Hallelujah. It says that you don't speak unto men, but you speak unto God mysteries. 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 Hallelujah. So 1 Corinthians 14 Verse uh, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is a conclusion then? Paul says, I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray with my understanding understanding also. I will sing in the spirit. How many of you ever sing in the spirit? And I will also sing with my understanding. Hallelujah. In fact, in that chapter, chapter 14, it says you can pray to, for the interpretation. There's some things that you can pray for an interpretation. As you pray it out in, in tongues, God could bring the interpretation to your mind and you'll know what you're praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's powerful. You're praying over your child. You're praying of a situation that's seemingly impossible. And you go to prayer and you allow the Holy Spirit to pray and all of a sudden, and, and, and when we've studied in Bible school, y'all need to be enrolled in Bible school. How many Bible school students do we have? All right. We study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You got the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Oh, and, and, and speaking in tongues is, is the avenue into the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. You get a better understanding what the word of knowledge and what all of the gifts, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit is. 
The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we should not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Amen? Hallelujah. Read chapter 12. Praise God. But I'm talking about praying in the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, your prayer language. Hallelujah. And the Apostle Paul, you know, he wasn't telling the people to stop praying in the Spirit. In fact, in verse 18, it says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. He must have been from Texas. <laughs> more than y'all. Hallelujah. He said, I speak in tongues more. I don't know how many hours you speak. You know, Smith Wigglesworth was a, a Pentecostal preacher. And somebody asked him, how, how, how long do you pray? He says, I don't pray long. He says, but I don't go 15 minutes without praying. <laughs> he says, I don't pray for four hours straight, but I never go 15 minutes without praying. So how can a person do that? Praying in the Spirit. You walk down the aisles of Walmart, go people think you're crazy. If we would become the army of God that God wants us to, <laughs> wouldn't we be powerful, like coming out of the upper room? God giving us direction as we're in tune with him. Hallelujah. Those of you that we prayed about addictions and different things, when the enemy starts putting pressure on your flesh, just start, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up, hallelujah, amen. Build yourself up. In Jude, verse 20, in the Amplified Bible, it says, but you, beloved, you build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. You make progress. You rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Ooh, glory to God. Higher and higher. Worship team, come on up. Let's get ready. Praise God. Praying. Well, you know, uh, the church I used to, well, they talked about it. Well, they just ripped the Bible up, you know. Read the New Testament. Read the New Testament. Oh, hallelujah. We cannot do the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, Mark chapter 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. One of the signs is they shall speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. Praise God. It was in the Bible. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to find out what the Bible says. What about what God says? Hallelujah. And we're going to do it. We're going to practice it. Amen. Glory to God. Stand with me tonight. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why is that? I don't know if I want to do that or not. Doesn't matter what you want to do. It's what you need to do. Well, you know, I've been prayed for, and I don't know if I can do that or not. What you got to do is get out of your head. You like to be in control all the time. 
God wants to take control. Isn't it something that God chose to use this little thing right here as a sign of the infilling of the Holy Spirit and given our prayer language when James says this little thing is evil, who can control it? <laughs> the tongue is a deadly force. How many of you know we need to yield this deadly force to the Holy Ghost? Because the Holy Ghost can tame it. Hallelujah. You can't, but he can. Hallelujah. Now, I believe right where you're sitting tonight, as we sing this, we're going to sing this song and pour out the Holy Spirit. And you're going to ask the Holy Spirit, if you've never spoken tongues, if you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, well, you don't know, my husband's sitting next to me. He'll think I'm crazy. Forget about him. Forget about the person next to you. Amen? Hallelujah. You need to have your own faith in God. You need to have your own experience in God. Don't worry about you. People say, you're just a fanatic going to that living word church. Well, you were already marked when you walked through the doors. Hallelujah. People are already talking about you. So you may as well give them something to talk about. Amen. Give them something to talk about. Well, why don't you go with me to the bar for happy hour? Come to church and I'll show you happy hour. Without a hangover. Amen. These are not drunk as you suppose. We're just filled with the Holy Ghost.